0: Life good. Never off. Whoa. Hard.
1: Hardly. Come yes. on, friends. Life good. Got real close. Hair high, right? Try and hit two thirds. Have they no. saved oh. it
0: for I her? It. Yes, they have. Welcome, Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is alongside. As always, hello, Scott. Sean, hello. How do you do, sir?
1: Uh, it's okay. Uh, we just found out today that Ottawa has uh, the most snowfall that it's had in a month of January ever. And I'm constantly regretting my decision to move here. So that, <laughs> that's what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's been something else. It's either been snowing or minus 15 here in the nation's capital. It's been a, a tough start to 2019 weather-wise, but Scott, that just means more time to stay inside watch curling.
1: And I definitely did that, Sean, this past weekend. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot going on this past weekend. So let's uh, run through all of the action from this past weekend. Let's start with some of the champions that were crowned across the country as we start to get our field set for the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. Let's start with, I think, the biggest story of the weekend, Carrie Anderson losing the Manitoba final against Tracy Fleury, and this is a matter, I think, Scott, where we can say that Carrie Anderson lost it. She scored five in the second end to go up five to one, and Tracy Fleury is able to claw her way back and work out a win somehow.
1: Yeah, Sean, and you don't claw your way back from that kind of a deficit without mistakes from the other team. And Carrie Anderson made a big mistake, uh, had a draw against two... I went deep and gave up a steal, and just like that, it seemed like Flurry was back into it. Uh, and there you go; they were off to the races. It's a pretty interesting how this will affect their psyche. Team Anderson is, of course, guaranteed a spot in the wild card game. Yes, uh, the way that they qualified last year for the Scotties, making it all the way to the finals, uh, but to lose that kind of a game in the in the provincial final that she was in control of early and should have been able to to take and to do it against the team that cast you aside after last year yeah it, the psychological yeah. ramifications i don't know it's uh it might be tough to bounce back so we'll see how that impacts them going forward um but but i mean congratulations to team flurry they did what they needed to do and and uh, got a little Well, revenge on their ex-teammate.
0: Yeah, and I think that the thing to look at here was that Val Sweeting was visibly frustrated with what was going on in this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carrie Anderson was frustrated as well. The chatter for the team was way down as the game went on. Jill Officer, who was doing the color on on the game, pointed this out. And one of the things we've talked about in the past with Carrie Anderson is draw weight. And she she can throw it hard. And and nobody doubts that she can throw it hard. And, And she's a very effective hitter. But... Where she has struggled in the past is in draw weight. You saw it in this game where she needed to bail her team out with a draw. She could not do it. And that it's it's weird to sort of be really this critical of a team that dominated September and October, certainly they haven't been as hot, Mm -hmm. but it would be impossibly as hot as they were, and made it to a Scotties final last year. She's been to a couple Scotties, but... That is the thing that has continually tripped her up in big games and until that gets sorted out it's it, it's gonna be hard to even if they make it into the Scotties, if they win that that wild card game it's gonna be hard to take them seriously as a contender to win until yeah. you know and, and Carrie Anderson it's sort of at this point now with her where I'm not gonna I, I think she's gonna win one but I'm not going to pick her to win one until I see it actually happen.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, you're a little more confident in that than I am. I'm not convinced that uh, she's got Canadian champion in her, but because you know it took her so long to get Manitoba champion that she might run out of time before she can crack that uh, national title. But, uh, I, but this seems yeah, real... too good.
0: The, 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 there's just too much talent on this team. Sean, there's other teams that are good
1: and uh, better, I'd say. So maybe if they stick together and sort it out and figure out their roles. But to be honest, I I sort of see it with Val Sweeting throwing last rocks, if they're going to do it.
0: Maybe, but, but Val, the past couple of years, skipping her own team, really struggled as well with draw weight. I mean, she has a better history of it than Gary Anderson does, certainly, but... You know, one of the reasons why Val wanted to get out of that skipping position is because of those struggles that she's had.
1: Yeah, but maybe if uh, if they pull a Team Furby and she, you know, throws skip rocks but doesn't call the game, her mind is clear and ready to ready to throw those. You know, she's not thinking about the strategy the whole way through. So yeah, maybe, yeah, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah. uh, congratulations to Team Flurry and excited to see them on the national stage. Yes, uh, there
0: were some other. It's hard. To go, from out so West. I just want to say one thing. I mean, oh, we, we okay. talked. We talked about the team that lost. We should just say one other thing about the team that won. This is, with all due respect to Northern Ontario, this is going to be Tracy Flurry's highest profile trip to the Scotties. Mm-hmm. What you know, Northern Ontario, a new team of the Scotties, and it's great that they were there. I think it's it's smart to have all the different associations represented and people can get mad at me The the people on the prairies can get mad at me that ontario doesn't need two teams and all that but i think having northern ontario is there is a good idea but because they were new to the scotties they, there's not a history of women's teams coming from northern ontario there's really no expectation there now she's got that bison on her back and chelsea carey when she finally won manitoba talked about what that meant to her i realized that tracy Flair isn't from manitoba but when manitoba shows up at escotties or briar there is a much bigger expectation for that team than there is in or for northern ontario and i think maybe it's good for them that this is going to be in nova scotia as opposed to if it was on the prairies but i'm very curious to see how she's going to respond to what i think is going to be a much higher expectation for her than she has had in the past going to escotties
1: yeah that's true the expectations will be different uh, I I mean championship pool uh, or bust, I'd say, oh easily. they they can't miss out on that. Uh, but you know uh, it'll it'll be a new a new sort of feeling for her. and you know it'll depend who comes out of Northern Ontario to see if maybe some of her old friends are there. but you know, uh, yeah, she'll she'll have a new challenge, and I think I think they'll be fine. Well, do you do you, uh, do you think uh, it'll it'll trip them up in any way?
0: I well, I mean, we have to obviously see how the field pl- rounds out here. And you look around right now, I'm not sure they're a playoff team. I mean, we'll obviously talk about that when we get there. But uh, you know, there's there's going to be some weight here on this team, and I think there's going to be a lot of eyes there just because it's Manitoba. If you put mm-hmm. Tracy Fleury in the wild card jersey, I don't think there's the expectation that she is going to have with Manitoba.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I yeah, borderline playoff team is what I'd say. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: So so let's move over a province. Let's talk about Saskatchewan. We watched that game on Sunday. Actually, both games there with uh, Sherry Anderson as she tried to run through Sunday was unable to do so. Ends up falling to Robin Silvernagle in the Saskatchewan final, first time I believe for Team Silvernagle in the Scotties. A little disappointed for me, that Sherry Anderson didn't get through. I, I really like Sherry Anderson. I asked her at the Scotties in 2014 how much longer she was going to keep playing. It's sort of this idea that maybe she was close to retirement, and she just laughed at me. And here we are five years later, and she's still going strong. She was going for back-to-backs. Couldn't quite pull it off, and we'll have a new uh, Saskatchewan representative there in the green.
1: Yeah, Sean. Uh, Robin Silvernagle. I think that's two finals in a row or three finals in a row with before finally making it uh, this year. Of course, uh, their team is not without experience, uh, with Stephanie Lawton uh, playing third. So, uh, you know, good job for Team Silvernail to get over the hump. They played in the most recent slam in Saskatchewan. Uh, Did did pretty good, pretty well. uh, And, you know, looking to keep that momentum going into the Scotties. I think it'll be... Really good and really fun to see a strong Saskatchewan team. And I believe, you know, based on pools and everything, uh, they should have a good chance to make it into that championship pool on the weekend. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I agree. They should be a championship pool, maybe not a playoff team. But we saw at the last Grand Slam when they were the sponsors team that they can hold their own in these events. And, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the Scotties is arguably a much easier event than a Grand Slam. And, they should definitely make it through to the championship pool unless they get a bad draw, which is possible. And you have maybe five teams in one pool that could get through, and it's just a numbers game. But I, I think it'd be a disappointment for them not to make it. Yeah, I, I, I'd i say so. I'd say so. Yeah. Uh, so let's shift over then. Alberta, Chelsea Carey gets a win there in a bit of a blowout in the final. I have to say, uh, some of these games on Sunday weren't very good. We were all excited on Sunday Mm -hmm. morning about all the curling that was going to go on. Uh, Some of the games just just were bad, just straight-out bad. And uh, Chelsea Carey gets a big win in the final there, gets to represent Alberta. And we've seen an up-and-down season for Chelsea Carey, of course the official team of the Game of Stones podcast, but she's going to make a Mm -hmm. return trip to the Scotties.
1: Yeah, a return as the Alberta representative, going back uh, for the first time since winning the Scotties in 2016 representing uh, Alberta uh, I guess she was Team Canada the next year but uh, you know as Alberta uh, and this was really good to see I you could see them sort of playing a little bit better in the last couple of events uh, rounding into form having Rochelle Brown back in the lineup at lead her and Dana um, sweeping together you know they're they're not always together like they used to be as Dana holds the broom now. But really good uh, week for them, perfect 5-0, and oh, and a huge uh, triple for four that she made on her last shot that uh, sealed the deal and made Kelsey Rock shake was a beautiful shot, well called, well thrown, uh, and you could see sort of a bit of relief on the face of Chelsea Carey. Yes. Uh, finally, you know, getting some success with the new team after, you know, a couple of years of, uh, I mean, she made she made the trials final, but... She, she always felt after that a little bit, I don't know, out of sorts.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. And, you know, e- even with the trials, I said going into that game that if she doesn't score two with the hammer, if the first score isn't a Chelsea carry two, she's going to lose the game. And yeah, you just always have that sense with her that it, things have to go really right <clears throat> for them and mm-hmm. when they play the top elite teams. And that's why I'm, I'm happy to see the back at the Scotties because as team can, obviously it wasn't the greatest week for them. And we'll just, I know it's a totally different team, but Chelsea carry has been at the center of that. And that's been the rap on her for a long time that those really big games, those tough moments in those big games is where she struggles. And I just like seeing her in big games to see how she's going to respond.
1: Yeah. And, and sort of, you, you wonder about what she's like as a teammate, given that she's bounced around so much, uh, has, has had so many different teammates the last uh, you know ten years. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's not like watching Team Jones. Oh, here, my furnace just turned off. In case anybody can hear that, uh, it's not like Team J- Jennifer Jones, who have added like one person, made one little tweak here and there, and kept on rolling. It's it's sort of been wholesale changes. So. Yeah, I'm really happy for them and really happy happy for us as Game of Stones podcast official team. we got That's someone right. to cheer for. That's
0: right. Um, so let's uh, shift over East Coast, Scott. Uh, some big news, at least for me, out on the East Coast. We had Jill Brothers win in Nova Scotia, which was arguably the most competitive Nova Scotia has been for a long time because the Scotties are in Sydney this year. We saw, mm-hmm. of course, Marianne Arsenault. Jill Brothers beats her in the final but Colleen Jones put together a team. I believe Kim Kelly played on that team as well. And uh, just trying to to get back to the Scotties because it was in Nova Scotia. So a big field there mm-hmm. and a bit of a surprise. You know, Mary Arsenal Arsenault had a great run last year getting to the semifinals in the Scotties. And Jill Brothers, we've seen her before, a good team. I, I think Curling Zone or somebody else called this a major upset. Seemed a little overblown <laughs> for me to call it a major upset. But maybe not the team that most people would expect to come out of Nova Scotia this year.
1: Yeah, not uh, not a crazy upset, I wouldn't say. Uh, team Brothers finished first in the round robin, uh, of course, uh, going five and two in that eight team event. Um, I'm I got the Twine Time blog open here. Shout out to Twine Time. Uh, and uh, it's very close field with two tiebreakers needed to claim the other two playoff spots besides Brothers and Arsenal. As uh, four teams finish tied for second at four and three, so uh, yeah, really competitive field. Like you said, a lot of entries in there, um, but uh, all credit to Jill Brothers. She had to steal two in the tenth end to get that win, um, six to five in the in the final. Just a couple of mistakes by Team Arsenault combined with some pretty good play by Team Brothers, and there you go. They win the province.
0: And there, and there you have it uh, so they'll be Team Nova just like Scotia. That. it's just that easy and then of yeah. course over in New Brunswick Andrea Crawford wins in uh, in Moncton there and she is going back to the Scotties of course we've seen her a whole bunch Andrea Crawford and she was in Germany for the past couple of years working and living in Germany she has returned to Canada and will once again be wearing the yellow and black of New Brunswick yeah
1: I'm I'm excited for this, Sean. I always liked uh, Team Crawford from back in the day. I think the last time we saw her was in 2013, perhaps in Kingston.
0: No, they were in Montreal in 2014.
1: Oh, it was Montreal. Yeah,
0: they were. They Did, were there. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was the first year of the Robicheau reign.
0: No, there was a but, rock uh, controversy in Montreal where they had a. They felt it was a stone that was broken with the handle. The officials felt that they were committing. Uh, hog line violations, and there was a rather uh, lengthy discussion one game, yes, yeah, so uh, yes, that was a memorable, It was, and it didn't make TV at all, you, that, that's one of those things where you had to be there to see that, but uh, so yes, I certainly remember uh, being down in the media area after that with a very frustrated Andrea Crawford.
1: <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, I must have been timing something, uh, yeah. a different game or something, so uh, right on, cool. So uh, those are all the Scotties finals that yeah. uh, were played over the weekend. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the the men, or do we want to wait until closer to the Briar?
0: Um, we could, we can could talk about the men. Nothing, not not certainly not as many. Stuart Thompson wins in Nova Scotia. He beats Jamie Murphy. A little sad for me. I love seeing Jay, Jamie Murphy at things. And Terry Odishaw, one of the old guard there in New Brunswick, wins New Brunswick. But those are the only two that were decided this weekend.
1: Yeah and and uh, team O'Dishaw there playing with his uh, brother Grant O'Dishaw yes. and uh, of course Mike Kennedy who uh, has been there as a skip before is their vice so yeah. uh yeah and I'm a little happy that Jamie Murphy's not there if for no other reason than that you can't lord Jamie Murphy over <laughs> me uh for for a week but I love Jamie know, Murphy. You know,
0: if he was there yeah, he, he'd go he'd go 3 and 0 and would finish 4 and 9 or something I love Jamie Murphy <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. And Death but taxes good job to Jamie to Team Murphy. Thompson. I love it. Their uh, Team Thompson's been playing pretty well this year, so uh, good on them for doing it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, so the women are going to be finishing up this week. British Columbia, Northern Ontario, and Ontario are currently on going. On the men's side, British Columbia, Northern Ontario, and Ontario are playing with the women at the same time. Newfoundland and Labrador are also underway so far here to I believe today the first day as we record this all taking place at the Bally Haley so I'm sure Brad Gushu is sitting there watching with bated breath to see who will be Newfoundland and Labrador and I got to say I looked at that draw today Scott for Newfoundland and Labrador mm-hmm. it it is so confusing there's there's something I think there's 8 or 9 teams and they have so many permutations about who could play it seemed like just do a round robin guys like there's not it's, there's not that many teams
1: well, it seems like it's a modified triple
0: knockout, right? Yes. There's it a is. event,
1: b event, c event, and then it onto a page.
0: Something like that, yeah. But the the thing that's on Curling Zone has sort of an a semifinal loser. It says out. It doesn't say you're into another game. So that's what I found very confusing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, wow. So that's sort of the weird <laughs> oh, okay. thing. So I don't. I, who knows? They're they're operating a whole other system out there. I don't know. Uh, with, is it?
1: Is it? Well, it's just like on half an hour different time, right? They. Yeah. Holy, holy cow! I just looked at the sea event. Ooh, yikes! Yes, right. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. If 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 you, it's so hard to describe this. Just go to Curling Zone, look at the Newfoundland and Labrador men's playdowns, and the bracket that they're using. It is. You need a PhD in math to figure this out. It's very confusing. <laughs> so uh, so that's what's going on across the country this week. We'll have, in two weeks, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba on the men's side, as well as UConn will be playing, and the Northwest Territories. But we'll have that same Sportsnet all day Sunday between Alberta and Manitoba going through. And if you want to watch the Ontario Playdowns, this was announced, I believe, last week, maybe a week and a half ago, but they're all available for streaming online, and you don't have to pay for them, which is new this year. You used to have to pay for it on the mm-hmm. deal that, that Curling Ontario had made. Now they're all available for free, so you can just go and stream them. And a lot of good teams, of course, in that field. On the women's side, of course, the signature team being Rachel Holman. They have a spot in the wild cards game if they do not win. So there's a lot of interested teams across the country who would be looking in there. Uh, to see who will qualify out of Ontario. And on the men's side, of course, John Epping and Glenn Howard. Probably your two signature teams, Scott McDonald as well. So certainly a lot going on across the country.
1: Yeah, Sean, it's uh, titlesportslive.com if you want to go and stream. Uh, I've been streaming the last couple of days, couple of evenings, I should say. Uh, And it's been really fun. Uh, We have Mary from the Two Girls in a Games podcast is on there along with Pete Stetsky for the men's games and uh, Danielle Inglis for the ladies games so uh, and they're doing a great job to be honest. I mean Pete Stetsky is a little broy but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's pretty fun uh, fun to listen to and yeah they're they're doing great having a good time. They seem to be featuring who's ever playing on sheet three. So it's a static, so, a
0: static camera setup.
1: yeah, which is a little unfortunate because last night Rachel Holman, Uh, got into quite the battle with uh, first-time provincial participant Chelsea Brandwood and needed to score three in the 10th end to win, and they did. But uh, they were down two with Hammer in the 10th. So the young team pushing them there, and that's the time to get to Team Holman, right? Before they know the ice too well and and all that. So uh, anyway, Team Holman pulled it out. They blew out uh, Laura Horton this morning, and we're just waiting for the games to get started uh, this evening, so yeah. should be pretty fun, yeah. um, so check it out for sure.
0: Absolutely, and one of the other, of course, playdowns that's going on is out in the men's in British Columbia, so let's shift our attention to the junior, Scott, where Tyler Tardy is somehow still on two feet. Uh, yeah, holy cow, yeah, eh? He wins, uh, uh, no wins a big... Uh, <laughs> no rest for the weary, yeah, so uh, Tyler Tardy, the... Canadian juniors were this weekend a little sad. I th- I thought Scott on the broadcast. I like Kathy Gochi. I think she does a very good job. But I miss Steph Ledru. Uh, she's just really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so, and it's a little different when it's there. I mean, Mudrick, uh, I like that Mudrick was there. The NHL All Star game. I along with I think the rest of the world forgot mm-hmm. that that was going on, uh, that, and therefore he could be there uh, with no Canadians responsibilities right. last weekend so he was there which is always great to to hear him call a game and let's start with the men tyler tardy wins his third consecutive canadian junior championship first person to ever do that
1: yeah and that's a really it was a really great game sean i i thought uh yeah, they came was. from behind uh they had to come from behind against uh, the team from manitoba a really good uh good team there and uh kathy goche's son of course uh Jacques is it? Yes.
0: Jacques, Jacques okay. I, I
1: said a I said a random French name the last time and you said no it's not that. Yeah, no. So uh, <laughs> uh but he plays and so it seemed like it was maybe a little tough for Kathy to uh you know maybe be totally impartial which you is think? fair. Like <laughs> but uh, both teams played really well. They were making like amazing runbacks, uh, lots of crazy doubles. Uh, the respect that they had for each other and not wanting to set up those kinds of shots was pretty cool to to hear on the mic say, oh, I can't put it there because he's going to make the quad. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah, like what
0: are so, you talking uh, it was, about?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really good, really well played. A uh, bit of a heartbreaker for Manitoba, but uh, congratulations to Team Tardy on three in a row.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think there's two things that really stand out for me in this game. The fifth end, JT Ryan had a long run back, Uh, it was a run double that he makes completely flips the end. It was JT Ryan's first rock completely flips the end and ends up sitting two and they draw open side to sit the two figuring that if they put them together, Tyler Tardy is so good that he could do some other run back for a multiple Mm -hmm. score. And then Tyler Tardy puts his draw through and it's a steal of two and that you felt at the time flipped the game because then JT Ryan after a blank and six steals another point in 7, and you really felt that they were in control there, but then Tyler Tardy gets the deuce in 8, steal in 9, and then you get to the 10th end, and Manitoba was set up really well to mm-hmm. score 2. right? Down 1 point, down 6-5, playing 10. They were really well-situated to score 2, and then Jacques Gauthier comes deep on a draw on his last mm-hmm. one, and it really flipped the end, and, and it didn't really give JT Ryan much, and Tyler Tardy wins, and, and you know, you talk about this was tough for Kathy Goche. Jacques Gauthier was the low man in the game, but he did shoot 78%, which at the junior level is an incredibly respectable number to be the low person in a national championship game. And Oh, yeah. You know, the Tardy team shoots 87%, the Ryan team 82%. So, like you said, a really well-played game, and – it's one of these things where, you know, we've talked about games in the past where it's a shame that somebody has to win. This was a shame that somebody had to lose. Both teams were really good. This was a very entertaining game, and maybe, who knows, we could see these two teams at some point with a, in, in a few years, or at least these two skips, competing with, dunstone and botcher as, as we're going to get to the point where we're going to have this turnover of skips eventually Cooey mm-hmm. and gushu and jacobs aren't going to be playing as much uh, unless they go all glenn howard on us but presumably <laughs> they won't and, and these are the guys who will take that reign and, and if that's if that's how well they're playing right now if you forecast five ten years out the sport is in pretty good shape
1: Oh yeah, Sean, for sure, for sure. And we've seen uh, Team Tardy playing quite a lot on the BC circuit and uh, a couple events here and there uh, across the country this fall. So uh, they're one to look out for uh, next year, yeah. and maybe even maybe even this year playing in the BC Playdown. So, maybe
0: I don't know if they'd be allowed to go to the Briar though.
1: It depends on the timing of <laughs> of the Briar and the Worlds. Yeah. So. We saw I mean, that a couple years ago, school, right? Don't
0: they have to go to school at some point? Like, what do they? Like, what do these guys do? They can't no, be, you don't have
1: to go to school. They
0: can't be on the road for twelve months or twelve weeks. Why not? I, I, Why not? You're right. I don't know. I, I have no idea what any of them do.
1: Yeah, there you go. So, so like, whatever. You don't need to be a student.
0: Yeah, I guess. Uh, so, if, if you look at the week too, uh, Tyler Tardy averaged eight point three points per game, gave up three and a half points per game. Really Whoa. just just absolutely dominated. Nine scored ninety two points, gave up thirty nine. Really an impressive performance all week for him.
1: Yeah, that's pretty dynamite. Pretty dynamite. Hard to uh hard to argue. Absolutely. That the right team won.
0: Yeah. So uh, so let's shift over to the women's side and we have Alberta, Selena Sturmay getting the victory over British Columbia, Sarah Nicole Daniels, and her squad. This game not as well played. The two skips were both the the low players for their respective teams. Mm-hmm. Sarah Daniels down at 62%, Selena Sturme at 72%. You just didn't quite see the same level of execution here. I think you could visibly see nerves on the faces of some of the players here. Uh, you don't mm-hmm. have as much experience. I mean, JT Ryan and Tyler Tardy had made the playoffs at this before, and obviously Tyler Tardy had won it a couple of times. Not quite the same level of experience here. Selena Sturme, though, has won the CIS Championship. But
1: it's, yes, that's right.
0: But it's a little different when you have the cameras in your face. You're the only game out there, all that kind of stuff. So not quite as clean. But, again, hard to argue that the wrong team won. Nobody beat Alberta all week. And you know, look at the stats for them. 97 points for, 48 against. You know, pretty good deuce efficiency, these 25 deuces to 24 single ends. So, I mean, they're well over 50% on their Mm -hmm. hammer efficiency for the week. Just overall, very solid performance.
1: Yeah, very, very solid, Sean. We see it's a pretty good uh, pedigree there in that Sturmay family.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh,
1: With her brother, Karsten. Karsten?
0: Karsten, I believe, yes.
1: Karsten. I wanted to pluralize it. I don't know why. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, a good week all around uh, for, for Sarah Daniels' team. Um, I sang to you during the broadcast, I think she lives here in Ottawa now uh, and moved here for school, but, of course, uh, is able to still maintain her British Columbia eligibility. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. She looked a bit nervous. It, it was funny in that last end there. They had... They didn't have a shot but
0: no they, they were
1: there. they were like hmm I think we can do like they didn't want to shake you know
0: yeah
1: and uh, uh it's funny to see that sort of thing happen more often in juniors but uh last night in the women's game from Ontario that I was watching it was the same idea like the the one team was up a lot and the other team was like well let's just stay out and try to learn the ice and the yes. curl and everything and and uh, uh so uh, interesting to see that in the hot. junior arena, but I—I uh, yeah. I mean, I don't have much more to say other than uh, good job to Alberta.
0: Yeah, it was great too. They called the timeout for the coach to come out and tell them that the game was over. Yeah. Um,
1: and then the coach was the first one to. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I, but I get it. You know, you're—you're—it's <clears throat> a national championship. You're looking for anything
1: to—to mm-hmm.
0: to see if you can get something going. But of course they could not. So yes, congratulations to Selena Sturme and of course good luck to their squad as they head to the world championship. One other note from the junior Scott. There was no UConn team on the women's side. They did not put in a representative. So there was a host mm. team, a local team that, that got in. This is, of course, a little disappointing in terms of growing the game. And one of the reasons the Scotties and the Briars have followed the juniors with this format is to get all the associations represented. So not having a, a team mm. from UConn there, a little disappointing. and something to keep our eye out for moving forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good catch, Sean. I didn't uh, didn't notice that.
0: So, uh so yeah, just sort of a footnote mm-hmm. from the event now. Let's move on, Scott, to what everybody in the curling world is talking about. The Fergus Curling Club.
1: Oh, you got to love the Fergus Curling Club, Sean. It's a great club. If you're it's in quirks Fergus the club such as such as the sheets being labeled 1834 to, to reflect the date in which the club was founded, getting piped out on the ice for bonspiels, enjoying a nice beverage with friendly, uh, friendly members. It's got everything you could ask for.
0: Absolutely. So if you're in Fergus and you like curling, head off to the Fergus Curling Club, where this weekend there will be curling on the TV because, despite not really thinking about it, this is the third leg of the Curling World Cup this weekend. Scott from Yankapin.
1: Young Coping. Yes, that's right, Sean. I, I'm looking at the website. The countdown to Young Coping is at zero days, zero hours, and zero minutes. It's here. It's here.
0: We're here. We made it. All right. It's uh, you know, right. It's been a long slog. Of course, we've all been very excited for the Really uh, anticipating uh, this. Yes. So, uh, Same format as we've seen at the other World Cups. There are eight teams participating in men's, women's, and mixed doubles play pool play. With a double round robin top team from each side, we'll make it into the final. Let's start, Scott, with the men's side. Because in Las Vegas, Nicholas Dean was talking about how excited he was to play in an event in Sweden.
1: Yeah, and he gets his chance here.
0: He does. So the whole so, squad uh, is
1: there. Nick, yeah, the whole squad's back. Uh, uh, looking forward to putting on a show for the hometown crowd. And uh, do you know who's in their pool with them, Sean?
0: Yes, I do, Scott. If we look here, uh, they are with the United States and the Corey Dropkin team, who is mm-hmm. representing the Americans there. The Swiss team, which is Yannick Schwaller. And then wrapping up the group is the Japanese squad of Go Aoki.
1: Ah, Okay. So uh, would it be fair to say that Nicholas Hedin is the heavy favorite in this pool?
0: Yes. Yes, it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, obviously there's been some lineup changes uh, to what we expected on the Canadian side for this event. But looking at all the teams, it's somewhat underwhelming. Uh, I I mean, Corey Dropkin, we've seen him before playing mixed doubles there with uh, Sarah Anderson. And his team is is quite a good team. Yeah. They're the one of the uh, one of the elite team. Yeah, they're the hashtag young bucks. Yeah. Uh, which was a, a funny thing. I saw the girls that went over. They called themselves hashtag young does. Nice, nice. Yeah, but it it read funny on Twitter. It said young does.
0: Oh yeah, I guess <laughs> so that I, work.
1: I might I might urge them to uh, just be careful. <laughs> but uh, no, it's great uh, a great sort of brand synergy. Yes. There, so you know, good on them. But I think Yannick Schwaller would be uh, the second, maybe the third-rated team out of Switzerland. Uh, Go Aoki, they won the event in August uh, in in Japan, but uh, are a little bit of a a drop down from uh, from sort of the European and Canadian teams. So. You know, uh, I think they set this up well to get Nicholas Adeen into the final.
0: Yes, I, I agree. And, of course, the other pool has the Norwegians te- team, represented by Stefan Walstead, the Chinese by Yu Ma, the Scottish team represented by Ross Patterson, and then, of course, Matt Dunstone with the late substitution for Team Canada. It was supposed to be, or it was originally announced by Curling Canada this would be Brad Gushu for having won the Breyer But Mm -hmm. he has opted not to go, and we'll talk about why in a few minutes. And instead, it's the young squad from Saskatchewan in what, for them, will be their tune-up for the Saskatchewan playdowns.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we saw Stefan Wahlstad at the first Curling World Cup event in China, uh, where they made it to the finals and lost the final to Kevin Cooey. Uh, Looking at this pool, I'd say they would be the favorites,
0: I might actually disagree uh, with you on that. I would put Ross Patterson there. They have had a very uh-huh. good season. They won the the, mm-hmm. the Grand Slam, the last one they played in, and I, I might give them the edge over Stephen Wallstead, and I wouldn't sleep on the Matt Dunstone team. I, again, Matt Dunstone is sort of in the Kerry Anderson department for me where mm. he could throw it really hard and, and very accurately, but draw weight seems to be what lets him down more often than not, and therefore, I'm not as confident in him. So, I would think I would give the edge here to Ross Patterson.
1: Okay. Well, uh, maybe that's a sneak peek of what we're going to be picking. There you go. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Braden Mascowie, one of the best thirds. I I really like him and the way that he plays. So, he could be the X-factor this week for Team Dunstone. If he has a good week, uh, they might be tough to beat.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, so, yeah, Scott, let's make the picks. Uh, I think we're pretty unanimous there on Sweden.
1: Yeah, Sweden. And for me, it'll be Sweden against Norway in an all Scandinavian final. Okay. In Junkoping. And you got to pick the hometown team to win, right?
0: Yeah, I agree. I- I'm going to pick Sweden to win this whole thing. I'm just going to, I'll take Scotland on the other side.
1: Okay. I'm going to write this down while you move over to the women's side.
0: Yeah. So on the women's side, again, the. Swedish team is represented by the best team in the country. Anna Hasselberg will be playing. She is in a group with the Canadians, represented by the one, the only, the legendary Darcy Robertson, as well as the Chinese team with Yilu Zhang playing there. And the Russian squad rounds out Group A on the women's side. And Russia is represented by Anna Sidorova here. On Group B, we have the Americans represented by Corey Christensen, the Scots with Sophie Jackson, getting the duty here. Japan, Tori Koana, and then the Koreans with Minji Kim and her team. So I think here we might have a bit of a, a imbalance in the groups. I might argue that uh, Group A. Is a little stronger there than Group B with the Canadians, the Russians, and the Swedes. And, you know, you look at this group of eight teams, and sort of like on the men's side, Sweden is the heavy favorite here.
1: Yeah, Sean, uh, gotta be, gotta be Sweden there. That is a pretty tough pool, though. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, Sweden, Anna Hasselberg, best team in the world, as we've been saying. For a while now, so I I don't see any reason why they shouldn't advance
0: unless Anna
1: Sidorova can be frisky and
0: Darcy Robertson. You know Darcy
1: Robertson shows up and makes playoffs, as you say. Uh, But you know she just had a long week in those Manitoba playdowns. Yes. So might be a little tired flying across the pond. Mm, I'm giving the edge to
0: Sweden. Me too. I, I absolutely take Sweden out of this group, but I. You know, I I just like Darcy Robertson. I just really like Darcy Robertson. Um, Of course. But yeah, you got to like like, uh, Sweden out of this side. On the other pool, I I do have to correct something about the Americans. And I I was talking with one of the reps from USA Curling at the Continental Cup. And Scott, I had suggested on the show that it was USA Curling that was pushing the – the teams that that Nina Roth had sort of fallen out of favor with mm. USA Curling, and that they were looking more towards Jamie Sinclair as sort of their top billing. And what I was told was that going into the season, USA Curling, based on the world order ranking merit thing, what what is it called? The order of merit. Order of merit. That
1: yeah, order of merit.
0: They they took the teams based on their ranking and they gave them options for what they wanted. So, Jamie Sinclair was the top-ranked team on the Order of Merit, and she was given the choice between the World Cup in Omaha and Curling Night in America. And she selected the event in Omaha, and therefore Nina Roth was on Curling Night in America. Uh. I'm, I'm still not entirely sure about the selection process and why they structured it that way. But that's what they did, um, and so Corey okay. Christensen was got the last pick, and this is what was left. Mm, so okay. you know, so she said, I, I was told that Nina Roth and Jamie Sinclair, I I don't know if Corey Christensen is in this category, but certainly I was told that Nina Roth and Jamie Sinclair get the exact same amount of money from USA Curling. That being said, so so that's sort of the correction. That being yes. said, I think in terms of the attention they get from who USA Curling wants media to pay attention to. I don't think that's even, but mm. I, in terms of the financing, I was told that there's no difference.
1: Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting to hear. So yeah, um, I can understand why team Sinclair would have picked the world cup and not curling night in America because really who cares?
0: Yeah. You can make a lot uh, of money or you can go and play a bunch of t- sort of second level teams in August that will yeah. air on in different time slots on Friday nights over the course of 10 weeks or whatever it is. Like it's, it's, it's not really even a choice.
1: No, no, not, not a choice at all. No. It's sort of a obvious decision. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that, that, uh, it's good to get a little clarity on that. So, uh, nice reporting there, Sean. Thank you. Yeah. Using your, Using your credentials for good uh, for <laughs> yeah. good use.
0: Yeah, so so they're in Group B, as I mentioned, with Japan, Scotland, and the Koreans. And I, I got to say, I, I got to put Minji Kim here as the favorite to come out mm-hmm. of Group B. What do you think?
1: Yeah, Sean, I, I'd have to agree. Looking at these teams, uh, that's the name that sprung to mind for me: uh, Pacific Asia Champions. They're really strong. I could see Corey Christensen putting up a good fight. Uh, We're not seeing the number one Japanese team or the number one Scottish team here. So given that uh, Minji Kim is the number one team from Korea that's playing right now, I would have to give them uh, the the clear edge in this group.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. So... Uh, I don't really know if there's really much else to talk about here. Uh, I think, no, so we're picking... I think we're both going with Korea and Sweden. You
1: know what? Just to be just to be fun, I'll go with the young does and uh, take Corey Christensen to okay. come out of Group B.
0: All right. There you go. Um, and am uh, throwing points away, aren't I? Uh, and, and I'm going to pick, perhaps unsurprisingly, Anna Hasselberg to win. Yeah, we're going for a Swedish sweep, right? Absolutely, we are. Cool. All right, so let's so, uh, uh, talk real quick doubles. about mixed doubles. Yes. Yeah, so in Group A, we have Switzerland, Canada, Korea, Sweden, Group B, the Americans, Norway, Russia, and China. Some of the players here are people who you know. Uh, the Canadians are represented by Colton Lott and Kadriana Sahadik. if I said that right, which I'm sure I didn't. Uh, we've seen them before. They lost the finals last year to the Walker Myers team of the Canadian Nationals. Uh, The Swiss team are represented Mm -hmm. by world champions Jenny Perret, Martin Rios, who we've seen, I think, at all of these events. Uh, The Americans by the Olympians, Becca and Matt Hamilton, make their triumphant return to the world stage. But the team, I think, Scott, that is going to be the most interesting to watch, the most fun to watch, are the Norwegians, that of Kristen Skaslian and Thomas Ulsrud coming together.
1: Yeah, Sean, Thomas Ulsrud comes in because Kristen Skaslian's normal partner and also her husband plays for uh, Stefan Wahlstedt's team. So uh, it's Magnus and Yeah, something like that. So so he can't play with her in this, and uh, they've come up with a very creative solution to bring a a crowd favorite in, who also happens to be a a really great curler. So uh, I saw an interview that Kristen said, oh, I'm going to teach him a thing or two about mixed doubles, which I thought was really great. Uh, It'll be really fun to watch them and see how the team dynamic works, if it works. Um, And uh, hopefully, you know, I mean, Kristen Skaslian is one of the best mixed doubles players in the world, so hopefully she can carry them to that pool. What do you think?
0: uh, I'm going to pick them because I want to see it <laughs> um, i just want to see him in a final uh, you know thomas ilzrud that team has taken a step back this year they're not playing nearly as much don't be surprised if they come over for the champions cup they won an event over in europe and they were thinking that that might be enough to get them a, a thing a spot in the champions cup there at the end of the season and if that's their last event and, you know, they haven't come mm-hmm. to North America this season. That's by design. They're, they're all really taking a step back. And the scuttlebutt around Vegas with all the European teams there was that there's really no doubt now about who Team Norway is going to be going forward with, with the majority of the major events. So, you know, for that mm-hmm. sentimental reason, uh, it'd be great to see Thomas Lillard out there in another final.
1: Yeah, Sean, it uh, absolutely would be fun to see them, but I'm going to go with the Hamiltons. I think uh, we we went to New York and we saw Hamilton, Sean, and so I'm carrying this Hamilton bandwagon on. We're gonna I'm gonna go with the Hamiltons.
0: All right, that's uh, not a bad pick. It's not unfair. And what do you think on Group A, Scott?
1: Well, Sean, I'm gonna pick Switzerland to win the whole thing. So. Uh, Switzerland is my pick uh, to come out of group A and I, I believe that uh, the pronunciation is Sah- sahidiac no that's wrong okay. Sahidak.
0: there you go that's probably that go. makes more sense
1: yeah um, they were they were the only team I think in the mixed doubles playoffs last year that qualified out of their province uh, at mm-hmm. the Nationals because they uh, to get to the nationals they won the Manitoba mixed doubles championship and represented manitoba at uh at the war, the canadian championships whereby yes. we well. like the other teams were all these elite teams that came together and got okay. exemptions to get in uh so it was good to see them make the final as that kind of a team they're really good at mixed doubles but first time with the maple leaf on their back might get a little nerves uh their pool you know we'll see i'm sure that they'll be uh they won't be last Probably I not think a, no, but uh, Jenny Prey and Martin Rios. I mean, if there's anything like a mixed doubles professional team, it's them. Yeah, absolutely. So, can't go against them.
0: No, you can't. Although I'm going to give me the Canadians. Oh, <laughs> just, Sean, uh, just to be different. Uh, they had that great run last year, and why not? Give me them. Yeah, why not? Why not? But uh, give me and them, them to Nor- win. Give, no, give me the Norwegians to win. All right. Uh, just see what happens and the thing about mixed doubles of course which we saw that there we continue to see is that you never know what's going to happen anybody can beat anybody and you know you're only playing six games here things happen so why not go crazy
1: exactly and sean it wouldn't be a prediction for the world cup unless one of us picked canada at least to do something it's so true. Very uh, true. good on you for taking the bullet there right,
0: well thank you um Now, uh, the only other thing there is left to talk about is, uh, we won't go into much detail about this, but one of the reasons why Brad Gushu and Jennifer Jones are not playing as the defending Canadian national champions, despite what was announced in the summer, is that the TSN All-Star Curling Skins game is returning this weekend, and both of them will be playing in that on the men's side, you have Brad Goosher, Brad Goshu, Brendan Botcher, Kevin Cooey, and Reed Carruthers on the women's side, Carrie Anderson, Tracy Flurry, uh, who happened just just by hmm. happenstance to be playing each other in the first game on the women's mm. side, and uh, Jennifer Jones, Casey Scheidegger as well. So those eight teams will be playing in the curling skins game.
1: Yeah, and that'll be in Banff again, I believe. I saw a picture of the curling rink coming together from uh, Hans Futrick on Twitter. So uh, the rinks being installed, getting ready to go. I gotta, I gotta say, Sean, I think this event might have outlived its usefulness for TV viewers. Yes, with so much curling on nowadays that actually matters to what to you know watch these people compete for money, who we see all the time. You know, it's not like it used to be sort of the first event of the year to get y'all excited. Yep. But now there's so much curling on TV that I have zero feelings at all about this. I, I'm happy the curlers get to compete for a lot of money. I mean, good for them. But otherwise, meh, whatever.
0: Yeah, and and you know they they tried it a couple times with drafts and mixing up the teams and and then yeah. they just did that at the Continental Cup and yeah, there's not a lot of juice for this and. and because the Ontario playdowns are going on, the Northern Ontario playdowns are going on. You don't have John Epping, who you could argue probably is a more appealing team than Reed Carruthers right now. You don't have Rachel Holman, who you could argue is more fun to watch than Carrie Anderson or Tracy Fleury. Uh, I
1: could argue any of of those teams, maybe. Maybe, yeah. uh... Uh,
0: So, so, you know, it's, it's sort of a tough sell. And, the The skins format is fun. Lots of rocks in play. A lot going on. It's a loose environment. But you're right. It's, it's, it's not necessary in the same way it used to be to get exposure for these players.
1: Right, and uh, they like, like we just saw skins at the Continental Cup too. So yeah. I think if you're going to keep the Continental Cup, I w- I would focus on that as your event, your TV marquee TV event, and. Maybe I I was listening to the Two Girls podcast and they suggested maybe do the Continental Cup every other year, and maybe do the TSN Skins game every other year yeah. on on the opposite years.
0: Yeah, th- I that, think that might would be work.
1: something to do because I'm feeling like a little overwhelmed with how much curling there is.
0: Yeah, there's... and
1: I mean, granted, I I love it, but there's it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot.
0: It's a lot. And and let's be honest, you know how many how many bullets does Vic still have in the? Uh... In the holster there so I mean you don't want to yeah. don't want to throw too many away um, well, you don't want to
1: burn them out too early no, that's for sure absolutely
0: not so and they're gonna make them do three draws on Saturday you know this is gonna be oh, a long geez. weekend so um, but that that's going on as well so I think Scott we've covered the action in the world of curling on a very busy week
1: yeah busy week busy weekend the only thing we didn't mention Sean is that uh, you and I played the Rito Men's spiel and went over.
0: Yes, we did. We uh, we didn't play particularly well yet. We lost in an extra end and on two last rocks.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was it was close. It, it was close, but it wasn't to be.
0: No, it was not.
1: But. Uh... That's okay, and uh, I'm recovering from being being really sore. So
0: yes, you had to take the night off on our Monday normal game last night.
1: I, I did, Sean, and I I had to uh, I took a T3 uh, for the pain yesterday. I was really, really, really sore. So uh, on the men, though, getting better, getting uh, back into my physio routine and rolling it out and all that. So. All good. Good stuff. All good, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think we recapped everything.
0: Yes, we did. So uh,
1: I just, I just wanted to say one last thing. Yeah. I wanted to wish uh, a happy birthday to our mother, if she yeah. happened to make it this far into the podcast. Yeah. It's her birthday today. Yes,
0: it is. Happy birthday, mom.
1: Yes, happy birthday, and yeah. thanks for listening. An hour into a podcast.
0: Roughly. Right on. Roughly.
1: We we appreciate you.
0: Yeah. Well done. Good job. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, so I think that'll do it for this week. I did not get a chance to cut together all the audio I got from Las Vegas. I do plan on doing that at some point and and certainly will put it up on the feed. If you did not have a chance yet uh, as well, last Wednesday over on the History Slam podcast, we released my interview with Brian Chick, the the author of Written in Stone, A Modern History of Curling. So you can check that out, ActiveHistory.ca in the podcast section that interview is there or you can just search history slam wherever you get your podcasts so that uh, that also went up from the time in las vegas so please do check that out and uh, we'll be back with you i think we'll do something on the weekend maybe before the super bowl starts in that area that the point of time scott after the curling's done but before the, the football starts
1: yeah, Sean, we can do that. We'll uh, You're coming over here, yeah? We'll double screen? Yeah, I think we can
0: double screen. Beautiful. Yeah. So uh, so we'll look forward to that. Uh, please do, if you have not yet, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, wherever it is you get your shows. You can follow us on Twitter at Game of Stones Pod. Same with the Instagram account. If you go to Game of Stones Pod.com, you can go and read the live blog that I did from Las Vegas on the Saturday of the Continental Cup of Curling. You can get in touch with the show if you have any comments or questions, Game of Stones podcast at gmail.com. Scott on Twitter at ScottLikesTV. I am at Dr. Fever. So enjoy all the action this week from all over the world. We'll be back with you later in the week. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that insert.